If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 450 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Shawnee Christmas, Shawnee Podcast, Shawnee Sheehan, coming to you today from beautiful, cold Limerick, Ireland, and joined by Ian O'Neill from the beautiful, cold uh, Canada. I've actually not even told Graham he's not on the phone. <laughs> Not on the podcast this week. Sorry, Graham. That's it. Sorry, Graham. How are you, (laughs) (laughs) Graham? You're you're hosting the old triangle now. (laughs) You've you've been moved. You've been moved. (laughs) January transfer from one podcast to the other. We we need to do 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 do. (laughs) Breaking news today. We need them. <laughs> I love a crazy city, the Irish League. <laughs> but uh, yes, we have uh, we've jumped on today. We have I haven't done a podcast. I think I think in nearly two weeks. I have I've did a lot of podcasts to, to guide us over until then. But geez, it's great to be back. It's it's uh, we were myself and Ian were talking during the week, and we were like, do you know what? The break was great, but we're nearly ready now to get back at it. So we're we're back at it now, and uh, we're going to talk about a few. Topics today, rather, rather than break down fights, rather than break down fight cards, and I know there's been a few over the, uh, over the Christmas, and there's a few coming up, but we we're going to talk about a few of the biggest topics that have, uh, I suppose, broken in in the last few weeks, uh, and that uh, might be breaking in the next few weeks. We we threw it over to the Patreon group and to the uh, to the uh, uh, Twitter group as well for a few topics, and we have a few of them. But we're going to start it off with Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. Um, McGregor made the announcement the other day that they'll be fighting International Fight Week uh, June 29th I believe is the date um, I look it's not an official announcement but I haven't heard anyone refute it yet usually Dana White would say no that's not happening or we'll see or you know Michael Chandler seems to say grand and all of that the biggest thing I suppose to come out of it is not, not the date not when it is what, when it is it's 185 pounds now is that McGregor you know Telling the truth is that McGregor trying to get uh, Chandler to put on a bit of extra weight, so he has to cut down a little bit, or whatever it might be. We 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 can talk about that, I suppose, and get into it. But initial thoughts, you know, on on McGregor versus Chandler, I suppose it's a fight we've known about a long time, uh, and we we've, we've been thinking about a long time. But now the fact it's basically official, are are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I am. I am genuinely looking forward to it. I, I The middleweight thing kind of threw me off when I first seen it. Um, I was like, what? And, you know, we had a little bit of a chat about it on the group. And, uh, you know, in terms of motivation, and I think that's the big thing around Conor McGregor right now is how he gets himself motivated. What is his motivations? Um, is it another title run? Is it, you know, just getting back from this injury and winning a fight? Um, you know, the his announcement of... 
the fact that this fight is going to be at middleweight gives him the opportunity to create more history um, in winning four in four different divisions in the UFC. If it was a knockout, it would be a knockout in four different divisions. And, you know, I think things like that will kind of get Conor motivated at this stage of his career. Look at title title shots are not beyond the realm of possibility, but it's going to be very, very difficult for Conor McGregor to get himself into a situation like that, whether it be at lightweight, whether it be at welterweight, whether even be at middleweight. Um, I think, you know, we have to realize how serious of an injury that that man is coming back from and how tough it is to even get into a position for you to even accept the fight, take a fight, train for a fight and go out and actually compete in that fight. Um, and, you know, that's going to be the big question hanging over Connor uh, coming into this is that what is he going to be like? How is that injury going to react to impact, to damage. And, you know, we kind of got a little bit of a sneak peek with uh, Chris Weidman. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't react too well to that. Now, I know Chris had a lot of difficulties with his injury in terms of he needed to get a couple of operations and there was infections. I think the, well, you know, Barry, something that we don't know, Connor's injury healing process actually has taken quite some time. But, you know, the, from what we know, there has been no major complications with uh, the comeback and maybe this extra time that he's taken is going to benefit him in the long run. But, you know, your preparation and everything might be great, but what happens if you check a, a leg kick? What happens if you take a calf kick on that leg? How is your leg going to react? And I think coming into this fight, I think that, like I said, it's the big, big question that I have. Um I'm looking forward to seeing if he can come back and and get close to the level that he was at. Look, we have to remember he's going to be 36 years of age. We're not going to be uh, experiencing the same Conor McGregor as we experienced it during his rise up the featherweight division and lightweight division and whatnot. You know, so once we take all of those factors into account, if he can come out here and if he can get a win, it's going to be a phenomenal achievement for Conor McGregor. It'll be massive. I think it'd be. <sighs> Maybe the biggest win of his career, you know, because sometimes we uh, we misanalyze in the time feats. Like even the the Aldo the, the win, like it was amazing. It was one of the biggest wins in UFC history. But and and the, the Alvarez one as well. But like McGregor was a great fighter. So like we, you know, looking back, okay, it's hard to look back because of what happened in McGregor's career after that. But the real analysis of Conor McGregor should have been that like he was one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen and for him to beat Eddie Alvarez or Jose Aldo actually wasn't that shocking because of how good he actually was but it's a different thing now it's a different placement in his career it's a different human being it's a different bank account uh, most importantly and as you said the injury here's one thing I would say on your point though because there's, there's probably three or four massive points that need to be made about McGregor and about this fight. Uh, this fight, the first one is is the injury, right? So, I just looked it up there as as you mentioned it. It was February 2022 when I did the interview with Conor McGregor at Bellator, right? And he said the leg is fine. I want to fight in three or four months, right? And at that stage, everyone's like, well, maybe it's a little bit too early. And I kind of think the general consensus was, right, he's going to fight January, maybe the end of the year. And that was the end of 2022, the start of 2023. So that is, it's nearly two years since I spoke to him. It's basically 18 months and people think, oh, maybe it's a little bit quick. And it's over a year since people are saying, right, that's the time he needs to come back. 
So on the injury, right, if, as you said, we haven't heard about any major setbacks or anything like that, I don't believe there have been, if the injury was a massive issue and, and the thing keeping him out, um, I... I think we'd have to worry about it, but the fact that it hasn't been, and I don't, when I say the fact that it hasn't been, I think that's a fact, right? Maybe it's not a fact, maybe there has been major issues with it, but it, from everything we've heard, it seems like the, the leg, like, the fact he's waited an extra year should actually really help with the leg, right? So that's a big positive, I think, in my opinion, coming into this fight, that I don't think the leg would be as big a factor as it would have been if he had fought 18 months ago or if he had fought a year ago. Now we get to the next few big salient points. Um, He's been out an extra year after being out a year, after being out, what, eight or nine months before that. It's a long time since he fought. It's a long time since he broke that leg. Um, he's done a lot of things in the middle of that, good and bad, and been in trouble and selling whiskey and selling porter and selling this, that, and everything. You know, he's, uh, as, as uh, Mike Goldberg once famously said, it, it, life isn't easy being a rock star, you know, and McGregor is more than anyone we've ever seen in the history of sport. Right, um, can he actually return to be a top level mixed martial arts fighter, having basically been out of the game for two and a half consecutive years? Can can he do it? Right, has he been keeping up with everything in mixed martial arts techniques? Uh, you know, his his cardio was always a problem, as we know, and he, he tried. To, extensively to fix that you could say he did for the second Diaz fight that's not something that you can build up in six months that's something that takes a long long time to actually get there now if you're already at a very good athletic base maybe you can like he did the last time but has he been at a fighting athletic base for a long time probably you know he hasn't been he just hasn't been it's as simple as that now uh, there are a few other points as well that I I, I want to make right and, and I'll throw it back to you, Dinian. About about athletic ability, will the UFC allow him to get back there? Because in order to get back to the top, or in order to get into prime condition, I think where we've seen Conor at his best is when he's fighting on the regular. You know, yeah. he's has multiple fights per year, and that hasn't happened in recent years either. Whether you know, obviously with the injury and stuff, but we're we're hearing Conor saying the UFC is holding me back. I've That's been true. wanting to fight for so long, so hmm. you know. Are the UFC willing to give Conor McGregor multiple fights? Uh, you know, we're already going to be halfway through 2024 and he will not have fought. Um, will that be his only fight of the year? Will he be looked to fight again in the in, in autumn or in wintertime again? You know, uh, his contract is coming to an end, if I believe, uh, at the UFC too. Is he going to renegotiate? Is he going to try and fight out his contract? If he tries fighting out his contract, of course the UFC are going to not want to give him any fights as well. So, like, that's another... It's another kind of a little cog in the wheel of, of, of issues that he has to kind of deal with coming into this fight too. A hundred percent. It's, And that's why, looking at it from the athletic point of view, right, you, you make a good point about the leg, and the leg was definitely an issue, and, you know, maybe it still could be an issue, we'll wait and see on that. But, like, I, I put out a tweet about this last week, uh, after McGregor actually said, I think you was talking to Gary Davis, as you, as you alluded to there, saying that the UFC have been holding him back. Um, and I said they absolutely have. And a lot of people are like, oh, what are you talking about? He didn't sign up for USADA. He stayed out of it. And I, I, I was very specific in what I said in that tweet. I was said since the start of the pandemic, right? Which, yes. which is almost four years ago to the day right now. So at the start of the pandemic, they didn't want McGregor fighting. 
the UFC didn't want him fighting because they wanted him fighting in front of a full crowd where they could get a lot of money for, right? That's their prerogative, right? They, they have a business. They have McGregor under contract. No, no problem, right? But at the same time, you can't deny that they did hold him back. He wanted to fight. He wanted to fight Diego Sanchez. He wanted to fight Dos Anjos. That's a known fact. He 100% wanted to fight, right? He came back. Uh, he had a few fights in front of a crowd. He injured his leg. I'll go back to the, the date again, February 2022, almost two years ago. He spoke to me and he said he wanted to fight at the end of the year. He didn't fight at the end of the year. They moved him on. He wanted to fight again. They moved him on again. And then the whole USADA thing came around. So all I mentioned he wanted to fight, he wanted to fight, he wanted to fight, right? On each of those occasions, let's say it was May 2022, right? And they go, okay, you want to fight? We'll, we'll put you in there against Rafael Dos Anjos. You're, you're going to fight him. That's going to have to be January 2023 because you need to do six months, right? So this USADA problem is not... It, this is not uh, a thing holding him back from actually fighting. Whenever they wanted him to fight, it would have had to be done whether it was 2022, 20, ha- halfway through 2023, or as we see now as we go into 2024, obviously with a little bit of change because USADA isn't there anymore. So I, I feel like people forgot about that uh, uh you know uh, reality right so the ufc have definitely held him back now has he held himself back could is there things he could have done could he um you know could he have forced her hand in some certain sort of way maybe right and maybe you know he, he did a film at one stage and he was doing this that and the other absolutely mcgregor isn't completely blameless but i think a large portion of it is the ufc right so here's the last point and i'll throw it over to you again after that i Wonder, and this is uh, we were talking about the the athletic part of it as well, right? The the mental part of it, the physical part of it, the athletic part of it. I think they all roll into one when you look at how he's going to prepare, right? So we are six months away, let's say, from it right now. Uh, six four is twenty four, right? So let let's say, and we'll put it at like uh, three eight week blocks, right? Away from that, right now. That is a lot of time to prepare for a fight. We usually see, you know, eight to ten week camps. Like McGregor could put on three of those right now. Now, there's a lot of problems that come with that, right? If you're going to be a top class UFC lightweight, you need to get back into shape. You need to be in shape for a while. And then you need to prepare for a long while to get to a top level athletic shape to fight someone like Michael Chandler. There's no doubt about that. When you when you've had the 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 you know the the last three years McGregor's had. If McCatchy was fighting Chandler in six months, he'd have no problem. Just don't do anything for the next three months. Then have a 10-week camp and you're good as gold, right? You're good as there's there's no problem there. But it's very, very different from McGregor. Now if that fight is at 185, and here we we go with the one eighty five can Conor McGregor go through 24 weeks of a camp at 185 and not get injured? Can he carry that amount of weight through camp winning? When he used to be 145, when he used to be 155, when he's probably, you know, he's probably naturally, uh, you know, about 175 or maybe 180 or whatever it is like that. Can he get through that on injury-free? Because we've seen in the past, he has had a lot of injuries from the broken foot, to the toe, to the ACL, to the the leg the last time we see him, you know, kinesio tape all over his shoulders and everything else like that. 
uh, there's two questions. Is it even possible to do it, right? And I have, uh, my answer to that is no. I don't think it is possible for Conor McGregor in the next six, six months to get to a level to beat Michael Chandler. But if it is possible, is he even going to be able to carry his body along with him to do it? Like, I, I would think, and I'll throw it over to you, and you'd know more about this than me, but I, I would love to see exactly what I said there, the three eight-week camps, McGregor get the top-level fitness, have a fucking insane camp right now for the next eight weeks, and in the next eight weeks, you're in unbelievable shape, and you do nothing but train to get better for eight weeks. You spend maybe two weeks in crumbling boxing. You spend, you may, maybe go over and fucking train with, you know, Garden Ryan, whoever it might be, to, to get your jiu-jitsu ready. You go and train for two or three weeks, um, doing, uh, doing wrestling somewhere, and then, you know, an MMA call, whether it's at home with John Cavan or maybe go to Iceland or something and no drinking no bollocks and no drugs no fucking nothing um, and I mean recreational drugs there uh, and, and you stay at it for that whole eight weeks and then you start your camp you know, you prepare for Michael Chandler. You're in SBG. You're, you know, you you book that flat out that you had before, and you fucking live in it. And you go. You, we saw him tweeting there as we're recording this earlier today. Home gym, home gym, home gym. Do nothing but like that for the next eight weeks. It's a sacrifice for a rich man who doesn't need to do it. But that's, in my opinion, the way Conor McGregor can win this fight. Skeptical, Ian. What do you think? I think the way you mapped it out was exactly the way I would have described it as well. It's kind of, you know, if you want to label it like the three eight-week blocks, you know, you label the first eight-week block as a pre-training uh, camp, like pre-training camp to get yourself uh, fitness up, doing a lot of road work, doing a lot of bike work. Um, that's when you'll kind of go into the second eight-week block where you're looking to try and get your precision. You're trying to get your sharpness. You're trying to get your accuracy. Um, you're basically trying to simulate fight situations as much as you can for that second week block, whether it's in crumbling boxing, whether it is in SPG, doing some schooling, doing some moving around. And then the last eight week block is your camp. That's where you're doing your heavy sparring. That's where you're fighting to your game plan. And, you know, I think, one thing and 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 given some of the videos and the and the sparring footage that we've seen he's been working with guys like Brendan Lochnane and 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 that's absolutely brilliant to see um it's freshening that thing up you know what i mean i think that needs a big freshen up um uh, bringing in guys that are going to push you in sparring um that are going to kind of get you as prepared as you can be for a guy like Michael Chandler because that you you mentioned it and you're spot on Shawnee. like this isn't a comeback Donald Cerrone fight he's going to be coming in against a primed athlete, a hungry athlete, and, and a guy that's, that wants to be in that position uh, in Michael Chandler and a guy who's confident that not alone that he can beat you, he's confident that he can finish you. And if you don't dot your I's and cross your T's, that's exactly what's going to happen here. So that's what, you know, you ask me, am I excited for this? And th this is, look at, everything else, all the outside noise with Connor, uh, you know, it exists, it's in your face, but really and truly, I don't give a fuck about any of that. What I really loved and adored about Connor McGregor was him announcing a fight, was him getting prepared for a fight and was him going in there and performing inside the octagon because that's what we all grew to know and love with Connor. And look at, yes, sometimes it's hard to swallow some of the stuff that happens outside of the octagon, but, you know, I tried to do this not alone with Connor, but with a lot of other fighters too, where, you know, you ignore Acknowledge that 
you you understand it, you have your opinion about it, but you put that to bed when you're trying to analyze him as a fighter and also um you know analyze the fight that he has coming up. And that's what has me excited here is can he do it? Can he get himself? I'm, I'm going to be looking uh, and everybody is and you, you might come out and say that you're not going to be looking, but you are going to be looking. You're going to be seeing if you can see anything in the training videos, in the sparring videos. How is he looking? Does he look sharp? Um, you know, is he throwing that uh, left kick and is he checking those kicks with that injured leg? And, you know, that's the excitement. That's what, you know, why we all grew to love Conor McGregor was through those moments, through the little bit of interviews that you will get throughout the camp or maybe maybe a week out from the fight. What's his mindset like? What's his motivation like? You know, we're trying to pick intricacies out of things that he's saying and doing on the build up to this fight. And, you know, I'm at a stage right now where so I don't know how long more we're going to have for this with Conor McGregor. You know, he's at the twilight end of his career. Um, that The preparation, the game planning and the performance is what has me excited about Conor McGregor's return. And look, if that's not your thing, fair enough. That's 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 your own opinion. Um, but, you know, I, that's the way I'll always assess it when Conor McGregor is fighting. It, it's As you said, I'm glad you said that as well. It is valid if people, like there's a lot of people have been turned off by McGregor over, let's say, put the last six months aside before that. Like I would say... Yeah the majority of people who did like McGregor no longer like him and anybody's you know this this whole uh, Twitter with the Irish fucking riots and all of this I think most people have been put off after that now he's probably gained a certain fan after that but is that the sort of fan you want to gain uh, probably not so yeah there there is that's a big part of it McGregor I would say for for him personally right and and this is this is very much analogous to what we just said because there are two people uh, in line here and two sorts of people so the, the, the ones that we just talked about are the media the fans right people who are going to be talking about the fight people who care about the fight and then the other side of it is Conor McGregor and his team he needs to ignore all that he needs to shut all of that out right if, again if you're going to become a top level athlete again and let's if Conor McGregor goes into this right and he goes I am a top level athlete if you listen to this podcast and go what's he talking about become a top level athlete who this fat fuck is what respect does he have for me well, I have a lot of respect for him as a fighter, but if you walk in there and you think that you can have an eight-week camp and meet Michael Chandler, you will not do it. It's it, it, Look, okay, Conor McGregor has a bullet of a left hand. He could hit him once and knock him out. Absolutely. But it's very, very, very unlikely if he doesn't take this exceptionally seriously. Like, exceptionally seriously. And he absolutely needs to do that. And part of that is shutting out the noise. Not listening to, you know, the, the media. Not listening to the fans or anything like that, good or bad. Fucking delete your Instagram. Delete your Twitter. Go into fucking hiding for the next six months. If you're serious about being a top-level fighter again, that's what you need. You, do you know what as well? Some people, you know, they talk about, oh, we need to build up. We need a social media, um, you know, face and all this. If McGregor hadn't tweeted between now or and, and, Jan, and June 29th, if he didn't have put up an Instagram between now and June 29th, how excited are people going to be? Imagine it. You haven't heard from this guy in six months. He turns up for the press conference and it's the first thing you hear from him. And he turns up and he fights. Like, that would just build it massively. And uh, I didn't get it to help him. But, like, it's one of those things. Look, we're going to talk about this multiple times over the, over the next while. But it, it's a fight that uh, you, you put out the question, are you excited about it? Will you be excited? I, I'm definitely excited about it. I'm excited to see... 
if McGregor will take it seriously more than anything else. Because if he'll take it seriously, it could be a fucking serious fight or a serious win. If he doesn't take it seriously, it'll be the end of his top-level career. And I've never said that before, and I very rarely say that about mixed martial artists, but I, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll do like uh, what's necessary to come back again if, if that happens. Here's one thing, Ian, right? And, and, we, and we'll uh, transition to the next couple of topics here. Um, you said something there about enjoying the fight, right? Basically, the McGregor fight. And I think you could probably say the same thing about maybe, you know, a Colby, maybe, or a Sean Strickland, or, a, you know, Ian Gary, even about what's happened recently, or or anyone, you know, even, you know, whoever it might be. Do you know something I really think we need to do? Everyone listen to this, myself and you, and this is, this is actually aside from, like, the, let's say, let, let's put them quote-unquote bad people, right? And not all of those people I mentioned there are, but let, let's just put it that way. Let's not um, be afraid to say we want to watch MMA fights. Like, like for Francis Ngannou is a good example, right? Oh, he's going boxing. I can't wait for Francis. I want to see him fight in MMA. You know, there was Masvidal the other day. They're like, Masvidal's oh, coming yeah. back. Oh, he's on return. Oh, what's he going to do? He's going to box Nate Diaz. People like, oh, God. Oh, so we've two yeah. fighters we want to see fighting MMA. I'm 100% with oh. you. I'm 100% with you when it comes to that because, look at when when we were talking about mixed martial arts, what was the one thing that got you into mixed martial arts? It was watching a fight. It was being captured by a fantastic fight. And, you know, that's what, where my love for mixed martial arts come. And yeah, mixed martial arts has a really dirty, nasty side. And I'm more than aware of that as well. I choose not to waste my energy talking about a lot of that stuff. Um, while, Whilst I acknowledge it, I understand it, and I don't agree with a lot of the nasty stuff that goes on within mixed martial arts. At well, you the can, end hold of you the can day, do that as well, though. Like, you can I, talk no, about I think I, I, I like to focus more on the pure side of it, and that's that's the fights. That's yeah. the preparation. It's the tactics. It's, you know, and you know, it is important to talk about the bad side of things, too. But rather than let that affect my love and passion for it i have to acknowledge it but i do have a tendency to focus on the fights and i think that makes it a little bit easier for me to digest a lot of the shit that comes on with mixed martial arts to be honest yeah. i i think it's all like there, there's so much now of like the you know and we're we're definitely not part of it but the, the media like push and the you know oh, box i'm like why is every mixed martial arts media member a fucking boxing expert now like i what is this about like it's i don't know it's just so weird and if you're out there like because this happens in all sports right we, we hear gary neville saying something and next thing everyone's oh that's that's the reality that's my opinion or jamie Carragher says it and like it, the same thing happens in mma it's like oh can't wait to see nate diaz box like fuck off i want to see i want to see nate diaz versus fucking michael chandler or conor mcgregor or fucking whoever i'm a patty bimlet imagine nate diaz patty bimlet be fucking class like let's let's do shit like that why do we have to watch these fucking boxing matches why do we even have to like act like we like these things just go and fuck off with your shit like okay lads are getting money we okay we understand that but what about us what about mma fans what about people who cover mma and love mma we don't want to watch shit boxing matches Right, the lads go and get their payday grand. But why can I not think of myself? Can I not if you're an MMA fan out there, can you not think of yourself? Fuck that shit. Right. Next topic. 
Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall is another guy who's kind of grinding my gears a little bit, right? <laughs> and I, I, I'm on rank city off. here now, right? We're off. We're off. <laughs> 2024, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> I, I, I recognize, first of all, and I say this, that I probably have a different opinion on Tom Aspinall than 99.99% of people, but I will say this, first of all, before I start ending. The way Tom Aspinall is talking now, people will love it for about two months and then they'll be like oh why is he still doing this why is he still talking this way oh no he's a weepy bastard now he's just a nine just shut the fuck up stop Krishan and like a little bit like Bilal Muhammad maybe a little bit like that people are kind of fucking sick of him now at this stage and we'll talk more about Bilal in a minute even if he does deserve it even if you're on his side if he keeps just whining and crying like this people are going to fucking get sick of it right and I'll put another point on, on the whole Aspinall thing so Aspinall, I think we would all agree, right? Before the Pavlovich fight, he was one to two fights away from a title fight. Would that be fair thing to say? I think it would be, right? Especially, yeah. you know, the Jones fight was coming up uh, with Majocic. Jones had just fought Seal uh, Gagne. You know, Gagne got a win back. You know, Aspinall coming off of uh, getting injured and then coming back, uh, come back and obviously winning the fight. So he'd been, you know, put back a little bit. And then there was another fight coming up. And we, we were all like, will Jones, you know, retire? Or will he ever fight again, right? So at best... Aspinall was one to two fights away from the title and a year away from the title, right? But Jones got injured, he got an interim title fight, and then he won it. So Aspinall's actually like way ahead of where he normally would be, right? And I think people seem to forget that. And now he's acting like he's been held back. I'm like, how did this happen? This is a guy who, if he didn't, if John Jones didn't get injured, Jones would have fought and he probably still would have been sitting around and there would have been no fight made and Aspinall probably would have fought Pavlovich or Gagne whoever it might have been in a, a quote unquote number one contender fight probably you know maybe in let's say it was in Paris or somewhere like that or in fucking Pavlovich in, in Vegas or something on a co-main event in March or, or May or something he wouldn't be an interim champion. He'd fight that fight wouldn't be an interim champion and might have to fight another fight towards the end of the year to either get a shot at John Jones or to fight for a vacant title if he'd kept winning all along. So I don't understand this whole I'm being held back, all of this stuff. Now, okay, things did change when he did win the interim title and this this stuff about Stipe and Jones is very, very weird. I will grant that. But at the same time, Dana White never hid this. And as much as I disagree with what Dana White's doing... He knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew exactly what he was getting into with this interim title fight. If he wants to fight, he can absolutely fight. No, do you see? I don't think they'd do a Conor McGregor on him. I don't think they'd hold him back if he wanted to fight Cyril Gagne. And he is crying and moaning about Stipe getting a title shot. I, I, it's a weird one because I, I understand him. I agree with him in most ways. But at the same time, Tommy, just stop your shit. Stop it, Ian. I understand exactly where he's coming from as well. Um, the thing about it is, is that Dana White has stayed staunch on his opinion 
of what's going to be happening with the heavyweight title. Now, Tom Aspinall has every right to be outspoken and call a shot. Look, you can't lay back in the background and not call certain shots, but there's been kind of mixed from Tom. It's been pushing for the next title shot, then taking a step back and maybe understanding it. And now he's pushing again. And a couple of weird uh, tweets today about it randomly about Stipe's last win came in, what was it? I don't know. Talk about GTA San Andreas, weird, weird throwback there, Tom. <laughs> but um, I do feel that if he's in a position where he has the interim title, he I feel you know he does deserve a shot at the legitimate heavyweight title. Um, I think that's what should probably happen. But Dana White has made his intentions clear. Um, and I don't think he's going to change his mind. He's not known for changing his mind. So do you want to push against the grain too much? I'm not sure that's the best idea if you're Tom Aspinall here. And rather than maybe pushing for the next title shot, if you're the interim champion right now, and if you're eligible to win pay-per-view points, why not defend that in- interim title? Now, a lot of people will be saying, oh my God, what are you talking about here? But why not? Like, I think his biggest worry is probably being on the shelf, being on the sidelines and waiting for stuff to happen between Jones and Stipe. Well, the only thing you can do is offer to put your your belt on the line, your interim title on the line. If you think you're good enough to be the champion, you know, you can defend that interim title as well. That's might not be the most popular opinion, but I think if, if you have a head on your shoulders, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to generate, put yourself, imagine, imagine Cyril Gann versus Tom Aspinall, uh, in the UK, a big stadium show or even a big arena show in Manchester, Tom Aspinall, Cyril Gann. I think Tom Aspinall personally wipes the floor with Cyril, to be honest. Um, I know you might have a difference of an opinion when it comes to that. So what you're getting there is you're getting, number one, you're getting your activity. Number two, you're getting paid. And number three, with a win, you're absolutely, without a doubt, and look, at he's, guaranteed that title shot already but you'll knock Cyril Gann out of the picture you're guaranteeing yourself the next crack at the heavyweight title and you know what you're doing is like, you make some good points there do you know what you're doing is that like you're building your folklore right because right now Tom Aspinall might be the most highly vaunted fighter I have seen maybe since McGregor honestly if you think about it right everyone at the moment is talking about Aspinall as the best heavyweight in the world I see it. I see it every day. John Jones is the heavyweight champion. And people are I talking think about John Tom Jones Aspen. is still the best in e- the world. Exactly, yeah. right? Exactly. And now maybe Aspen. What have you done for me lately, business, though? That fucking, mean, isn't it? <laughs> but it's crazy, right? And if you're Tom Aspen, and this is a problem that Adesanya had, he never took that opportunity to become a superstar. If you're Tom Aspinall, Crying on Twitter is not how I become a superstar. Now, maybe you're thinking there, Sean, you're being very harsh to him. Why are you hating on Tom Aspinall and all that? I am giving Tom Aspinall the road mark to a life like he could never have imagined. He goes out and he says, fuck this. I'm not winning. Kenya, Manchester, May, the weekend after the Premier League ends. Everyone, everyone in Manchester, all the Man City fans, all the Man United fans, they're going to be looking for something to do. Let's have a fight. Let's have it in the Manchester Arena. Let's do it. I'm going to beat the shit out of you and let them two geriatric fucks fight and I'm going to beat the shit out of John Jones when he destroys Stipe uh, uh, That is how you become a star. That's how McGregor did it. You know, he fought. Ch- Aldo got injured. You're going to be fighting Chad Mendes. No problem. I'm going for an all nap there. You know, <laughs> that, that's how he did it. That's how he become a superstar. 
Uh, look, Tom, if Tom Aspinall is as good as everyone makes out, I'm not too sure. I think he could be. I, I just think it's a little bit... It's all a little bit early for Aspinall, in my opinion. I'm, my opinion is not that he's not a good fighter or anything. Like that. Not, he can't be the best in the world. But if you go out there... You, you, and again, you need to fight Gagne before you fight Jones, I think, in terms of your development. I think it'll be really good for you. Jesus, do it. And some people, like... I don't know... I might be coming across as anti-Tom Aspinall or something like this here now, but... Uh, What's this the is, Tom Aspinall do to you, I know, Johnny? I don't know. I, I, this is actually... Like, I'm trying to help Tom <laughs> Aspinall. We're now performed like a, le- a legend on a six days notice with an injury and took out one of the dangerous, most dangerous guys in the oh, division. But the worst thing you could do after that is sit out for two years waiting for a lad who might never yeah. fight you. Do you know well, like, I mean, his argument right now is that he should be fighting for the title. So even if the UFC said, yes, you should be fighting for the title, well, we don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when Jones is going to come back. So, like, you're automatically putting yourself on the shelf by wanting that. Look, at and and it's a weird one because he should be wanting that too. At the end of the day, look, at he wants to be the, the legit undisputed heavyweight champion. But this is prize fighting man you gotta keep yourself you gotta keep yourself relative you gotta face some of those challenges and I think you know I'm I'm glad that you're in agreement with me I think that the move is uh, just defend that interim title put it up against Cyril Gann get that win then call your shots you get you're you're active in 2024 early you're getting paid and you're then waiting for stuff to happen in between Jones and Stipe Miocic because you can cry on Twitter every single day but Dana White is not going to change his mind and you're only going to end up pissing off him and pissing off the UFC brass and you know like you said pissing off maybe a section of the mix martial arts oh, no. fans as well it'll happen I've, I, I've been around this Ian you see, see them fucking grey hairs on me there <laughs> I've been around this game for a long long time and I'm telling you people I tell you there are people out there saying Sean you're a fucking fat idiot shut up what are you talking about but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, come back to me in five months. If it's still the same way, people will be sick of Tom Aspen. I guarantee you, and we need to stop that. Right. Do you know what he needs to do? He needs to fight in UFC 300. That's what he needs to do. Imagine. What are you doing? I, I'd, be, I'd be up for it, although, you know, I think the fact that Leon is is has announced himself uh, pretty much to, you know, unofficially be fighting Bilal Muhammad at UFC 300, I don't know, that's mm. still up in the air, it's neither confirmed or denied, yeah. maybe it's more of a hope than a want, um, you know, that leaves the door open, like UFC are going to need someone, a big marquee guy to go back to the UK with next year, whenever that does happen, if it is going to be May, they're going to either want Leon or they're going to either want Tom Correct. as the main event there. So that's why I think if it is Leon for 300, I would probably lean more so on Tom. I do have a couple of more ideas on what we could uh, have at UFC 300, realistic op- options. Okay. Um, you can, know, I, can I just put, say one thing for you? And I won't give any of my options, so I won't rob, rob any thunder, right? You make okay. a great point in that Leon and Tom probably won't be on the same card, which is, I'd never thought of that. It's a great point. Leon versus Bilal would make a great, like, co-main event for UFC 300, I think. Or, or third yeah. five, maybe. If that's the main event of UFC 300, I think people are going to be very disappointed. And this this whole thing about UFC 300, we, we lead this because we talked about it before, but, like, this whole... Oh, the, the card will sell itself You know three, A load of bollocks it, 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 People aren't that fucking stupid You're going to have to stack it If you want it to be This mega thing 
Uh, Are you in agreement with that Or do you think Leon Like I think Leon and and I I, I saw it it, Like when he said He wants to fight At UFC 300 I was like "Mm." He didn't Like I was down there He was in Vegas For his last fight Didn't get a great reception To be honest You know And when you're not getting A great reception Against a guy like Colby Covington And I know Covington is Mr. US And all that shit But um, You know I can't Like He doesn't come across As this you know, marquee type fighter yet. Um, I, I think what you said is absolutely ideal. It's perfect. It's put on Leon Edwards versus Bilal as your co-main event. I think you need three title fights on UFC 300. I think you need three title fights. Go on. And the, the first title fight, the main event that needs to happen at UFC 300 is Alex Bahia versus Israel Adesanya at light heavyweight for the light heavyweight title. It has to happen. You don't want it. You think it's gone? Did Natasania just get destroyed by a lad that Pereira knocked out in about 10 seconds? But you still watch it, though, if it, were, if it was going to happen. So and I'd, it wa- sells. I'd watch anything, but like... Natasania coming off a loss at middleweight, getting a title shot at a light heavyweight. Mm, Stranger things have happened, Johnny. I, I could see it happening. Happen. I could see it happening. There's pictures going around of Natasania. Okay, if you want to put Leon in a main event, you take out Bilal Muhammad and you put in Islam Mahachev. And have yeah. Islam challenge for the welterweight title. I I, I did say that. I think I don't know who if it was Darren writing or someone that did tweet me that you know that's in in Ramadan, so that you know might be difficult. But I mean, Bilal Muhammad is going to be in Ramadan as well. I know Bilal has fought in uh, during that period as well. But I I'm remember, like paid a man extra money to bit. I remember to hearing Jordan. fighters talking about Ramadan before, and there's I I don't know, like maybe some people do it differently than others, but there was a talk about like that you could. So how long is Ramadan? A month is it? You could. <laughs> You know, you could um, what's the word? Postpone Ramadan, kind of. So, if you had to fight in that month, you could actually do your Ramadan like a month later. But I, I don't know if that's the same. Without, for I, I, I work with a couple of of um, people that celebrate Ramadan, and you know, if you're really devout to that to that period of yeah, time, which I think, you know, it's about the ultimate sacrifice during yeah. that time. So, you know, people, you know, we we'll respect everybody's religion. I don't want to butcher it by going into great detail, but I did ask. Like it I was did, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I did ask because, you know, it would be a topic of conversation around some fighters and basically, you know, what the difficulties are is that you're fasting during daylight and you're only allowed to eat when the sun goes down. So, you know, your eating cycles and, and everything are a little bit all over the place. And then, but you're also sacrificing everything else. Like you're not, you know, if you say you don't watch, I don't, it wouldn't be a sacrifice for us at the minute. Like if you had to sacrifice watching your favorite sports team, because we gladly not watch Man United for a month. But uh, you know, you do things like that, and and it's like seemingly it's the ultimate sacrifice for the month. And then, it's interesting to yeah. all that, isn't it? Like because I think Bilal uh, Bilal would take the fight. So Maca- we can maybe rule Makashev out. What else are you looking at? Who, who else do you think will be on three hundred? I'm looking at Shang Wei Lee versus Alexa Grasso for the for the uh, strawweight or the flyweight title. Excuse me. So um, doesn't make any be... sense in terms of what way the divisions are going, but yeah. I th- I'd love to see that fight. I'd I'd like to see it as well, but it did feel like Shevchenko is going to get the fight. Like I I, I could see Shevchenko Grasso on it as well. I think you know I think that would be that, a good that would be another one as well. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm trying to be realistic here. You know, there's loads yeah, of other fights of that I'd love to see. You know, you could put Tom Aspinall versus Cyril on that card. You know, and and you could put Leon over in uh, in the UK later on in the year. But he's come out and said that. Like it'll be interesting to see. There'll be a couple of more announcements on that. Um, 
you know, I'm just trying to be realistic in my matchmaking and, and like, you know, obviously Connor's out of the question. Do you think it was a misstep not to put Connor on UFC 300? Um, probably not, right? Because we have to forget, not forget as well, the UFC get the same amount of money from these pay-per-views if there's 2 million sold or if there's 200,000 sold. It's ESPN that get that money. UFC have a set amount. So what are the UFC, like, and I've said this a few, few, uh, a few times, in my opinion, the reason Conor McGregor's fighting in the middle of the year is because the UFC deal is coming up with their uh, with ESPN, and um, whether that is, I I don't know, if, I don't know how long is left in it exactly, but they have two fights left in twenty twenty five. It ends in twenty twenty five, so you're going to be starting the negotiation process in around next summer, and you have a nice big yes. bulky Conor McGregor pay-per-view there to kind of boost those numbers that's going to do do you good in negotiations 100% and I think that's a big reason for it just maybe we can look who do you so, want to see at 300 I'm, I'm after kind of half butchering the card there what would you I, like to I see I don't know so let's just look at this right so I'm looking at a couple of cards UFC 299 Right, we have O'Malley and Vera. I think that would have been a good fight for 300, to be honest, but obviously that's that's not going to be on it. Then we have UFC 298, Volkanovski and Taporia, and then Cejudo and Dashvili as well. Like, I think Cejudo and Dashvili actually would have been a really good fight to put on 300, you know, to open up the main card maybe or something like that. But no, that's not going to be on it either. And then uh, UFC 297 is Drick S. Duplessis. There's two title fights on that, and P- Pennington versus Buena Silva as well. Um, um, you know, I, I think, you know, what date is that card? Let me just see. That is January the 20th and UFC 300. What date is UFC 300 again? It is... April 30th or April? Um, let me just... It is April 13th. January, 13th. February, March, April. Sean, and like, uh, Sean Strickland is fighting both of them, I think. Like, Strickland is the guy who could turn around. So. But I think Drake is super C. That's just... Probably a topic for another day. I think Trickus might, might Maybe, I think Trickus yeah. might beat him to be honest. And um, like that's why kind of some of my reasoning over some of the matchups that I said there at UFC 300 is because the run up that we have to it middleweight title on the line, um, women's bantamweight title on the line, then we have the featherweight title on the line, then we have the bantamweight title on the line. So I mean that's kind of so, half of the division yeah. kind of gone. So right? let's let's go through it right. So 115, 125. You we talked about them. You know it could be. The two of them fighting, you know, it could be Grasso and uh, and Zhang, but it looks like Zhang is going to fight uh, against Yan Zhao Nan. So maybe not. So maybe it could be Grasso. Maybe Shishinko, put right? title fights on it and put the two women on it. Yeah, One defend, as well. put, Sha- put Chang Wei Li uh, defending her um, strawweight title and put Alexa Grasso versus Shevchenko three on. on, on yeah. Why not? Just go. Let's have well, some fun, Jack. It's not going to be one thirty-five, obviously, because that fight's happening a couple of weeks before. Uh, One twenty-five. Uh, Pantoja just won there not too long ago. Yeah, that's I don't think that's going to be on. He wants one. to fight. In, he said after the fight, he wants to fight in Brazil next. I think he's deserved yeah. that that chance to do that as well. I think they'll probably bring a pay per view or something back to Brazil this year yeah. as well. So and then one thirty five, one forty five, and two cards of forty. He said one fifty five is Islam out with Ramadan one seventy. I think I think Leon will be on it. I think that will one eighty five Strickland. We'll see as I said. We'll see. I think two or five will be on it as well. I like that. If you got and heavyweight, we just talked about Aspen for a long time. So I think like if you were to. Say the guarantees, right? If you were to give a guarantee, I'd say 170 and 205. It makes sense. Mm. And then maybe the 125 pound title. I think that makes sense. And so- the only reason 
say Israel and I'm completely with you with the fact that you know he lost his last fight etc 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 but it's a blockbuster fight and it would be a fight that a card like UFC 300 needs to be honest it's either that or it's going to be the winner of Johnny Walker versus Ankalaev but are they going to be able they're fighting next weekend are they going to be able to fight that fight a five round fight and turn around in a quick manner to fight in April the UFC Probably might not. force them look at, so look at the rankings here so could Jamal Hill is Jamal Hill going to be back by then going to be back yeah that's a good point mm. it's a good point to be, well. that, is that going to be a headline fight Pereira versus Jamal Hill I don't think doesn't so doesn't really look great on no. the billboard doesn't it not like it I mean doesn't. the way they're kind of marketing Alex Bahia right now is they're marketing him like a superstar you know they're putting him in the Madison Square Garden cards and you know I, I think they might likely put him at the top of the bill at UFC 300 too you make you know, a good point with Adesanya though because Pereira versus Adesanya if, if you ever think right what card looking at the billboard would have star power you don't have McGregor you you don't have Rousey you don't have GSP you don't have um uh Brock what and you don't have any star right but what you do have is a rivalry a trilogy between Pereira and Adesanya even if it doesn't make the as biggest much sense one right that now. we've seen in recent times at yeah. UFC I mean I think it like you know how what fighters have won what I don't think you know you're trying to capture the imagination of the casual fans and I don't think the casual fans give a fuck who's won or lost fights they just want to see people fighting and they're going to look they'll see Pehea versus Adesanya two a three five whatever you want to label it now at this stage two is it three no, it'll be three, three MMA yeah. fights so um, you know I think that does sell it captures the imagination uh, you know Israel has been hinting at coming back a little bit sooner as well is he up for the challenge I tell you one thing he'd have balls of steel to go up there to tell you the truth after that last performance from Bahia to go up there and think he's going to do what he he did at middleweight um, to him because I think you know it's a fight that he won but it was a fight he was he won after you know he was losing until he won that fight I think he was on the back foot something serious so but I mean that adds that intrigue to us I mean one of the big standout moments was Israel's knockout the story is there fight sells itself you know you put that as the main event you bang on a shit ton more title fights and then the undercard think of the best fight night card that you can get just put that as your undercard put a fucking banging fight as your prelims um, put another banging fight as your early prelims just really hopefully Dana White isn't fucking filling us with shit he has a tendency to do so at times um, I hope he does stack the card because a, a monumental card like 300 needs to be like that. You know, we had it for 100, we had it for 200, and we need it for 300 as well. So here's our top three fights. Uh, Pereira versus Adesanya. Leon Edwards versus yeah. Bilal Muhammad, And then Alexa Grasso versus Shevchenko. We going with that? Yeah. Okay. Grasso there it is. Shevchenko. There's our three main cards. Title fights for UFC 300. I wonder would they be bold enough to put... Another thing what you have to think about in these scenarios as well, Shawnee, is UFC's unwillingness to pay pay-per-view points. It's a thing that we've seen on Conor McGregor cards for many, many years where they'll put Conor McGregor at the top of a card and then a weak card underneath. There has been title fights under Conor McGregor. I think Shevchenko defended her title once before, but some fighters have deals that do not allow them or don't give them any pay-per-view points. And I think that is a main factor they're not going to load up with title fights and I think it could be some of the reasoning behind you know maybe putting Volkanovski on 298 or Sean O'Malley on 299 as well is that they can't have six fighters with pay-per-view points fighting on one card because they're not going to make any money then so it's another factor that needs to be thrown in but I think we've put it together Sean Shelby Mick Maynard you're welcome 
Let us know, let's let us know. Right. <laughs> Last two topics. All right, we're going to end it with our predictions for the 2025 champions. Uh, and we have another topic for also in. So what we need to do, we did, la- um, this won't be here, but we'll do it maybe next week. Last year we did, remember we did people, put, we asked them for their bowl predictions for the year and then we like talked about their yes. bowl predictions. I actually did that a few weeks ago. So maybe we'll go over them and maybe we look back at last year's ball predictions and uh, tell people what they got wrong or what they got right. So check that out on Patreon okay. during the week. We'll do that next week. Um, but as I said, 2025 champions, but also we had another question from Paul Brown about Cage Warriors Dublin. There's been, obviously we did the awards and if people haven't heard the award show, please go and listen to that. I'm, I'm very happy with the way the awards came out. I uh, We got them right. I, I don't think there's any any doubt about that. We're, we're not, a, it's not a popularity contest here. It's about getting it done right. And uh, I think we did that. Um, but going through them, there's a lot of talent there in Irish MMA. And we did, uh, it only came on Patreon the other day, like did the Irish MMA uh, year in review. And God almighty, there were so many fighters, so many talking points and all of that. It was incredible. But the only Irish MMA card announced so far as we record this is Cage Warriors Dublin. Although Chris Cyborg was talking about Bellator Dublin in March earlier today. So maybe by the time this comes out tomorrow or the day after whenever we're recording it, uh, that could have changed. But... Cage Warriors Dublin. I'm so interested in Cage Warriors Dublin and what we see in it because we were we, we talked last year maybe three or four different times, or I did anyway, and I had you on once, I had Brad on obviously a couple of times, and even we talked about it last week, about Cage Warriors being in somewhat of a rebuild, and especially with the Irish MMA side of it. But having looked at it right, and having seen, say, James Sheehan, who could very well be the next in line at 170, and if not, maybe one fight away, Paddy McCurry, who won our emerging prospect of the year. Like, okay, he's only, what is he, 5-1, and one, I think, now, or 4-1 and one in his career now. But that middleweight division is is not the most stacked division worldwide, never mind in, in, in cage wires or anywhere else. I think he could be next in line or maybe only one or two fights away as well. And then we have, like, the likes of Jer Harris coming through um, and, and uh, you know, a lot more Adam Darby coming through. You know, your guy Dom Narcus, if he's uh, going to be maybe going to cage wars. Even, say, the likes of, uh, you know, the, the likes of Conor McCarthy. Maybe I know he's SBG, but he's SBG Nace. So maybe we could see someone like him on, on there as well. And there's a lot of amateurs being thrown out there recently. A lot of the guys who we talked about on the, uh, the award show coming through. I feel like this is the start of the year where we will get uh, a, another Irish fighter or two fighting for a cage warrior style who we would have been thinking of as, uh, you know, a debut or a debutante maybe last year only. I feel like that's the spot we're in right now. It's an exciting time in... Who, who are, uh, here, let's throw it this way. Who are a few of the names you're excited about? And for cage warriors, Dublin in mind as well. Who are a few of the names you could maybe see in that? I saw this real late. I put four fights together real quick because uh, it's difficult enough because you have to remember and go through cards and pick out names and, and everything like that. Look, it might not be a popular choice, might not even be a realistic choice, but at, as we currently stand, Paul Hughes is still under contract at Cage Warriors. What his next move is, is obviously should be the UFC. He should be signed already. But you know, we'll be blue can in the I, face. That just, was kind of almost the team of 2023. Can I just say, as I spent, I think, two different podcasts saying that Paul Hughes was the interim lightweight champion, and apparently he isn't. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> I just like I just like the crime myself because I was at home well, watching bear, that. Bear guy. with me, bear with me for a go second. On, okay, if on, he's on, still on. with Cage Warriors and if he's still looking to stay active, 
let's do Paul Hughes versus uh, George Hardwick for has the lightweight title. Yeah, has to be. That's it. Like, like, okay, things may change in the coming months, but as currently things stand, there's your main event. Paul Hughes, George Hardwick. Paul Hughes' chance to become uh, a double champion in Cage Warriors. You know, a, a good, tough fight. I think a winnable fight against George Hardwick as well. Goes out there, pushes, gets a finish. I mean, there's more extra. And, and look, at if it's a thing where, you know, we need to pay him a little bit more to get him to fight with Cage Warriors again, so be it. Just, let's do it. Let's make it work for everybody, okay? Um, you mentioned James Sheen. He needs to go in against Gianni Bacar uh, for the welterweight title. That's your co-main event. Um, I think, you know, the talk was O'Meal Brown. If O'Meal Brown won, O'Meal Brown didn't win. He got knocked out. I think James Sheen has done enough. He deserves that shot. You know, you put him in the RDS, you have him fighting for a title, you get the crowd behind him. Fantastic. It needs to happen. Um, Another fight I'd like to see now, in no in no order, it would be Leon Hill moving back down to lightweight. He fought at short notice at welterweight. Let's stick him in there with James Power. Let's stick him in there. Oh, with James Power. don't do that to that, me. Oh, that's that's a ba- that's a oh, banger. That's a both guys looking fight. unfortunate enough not to win their last fights. You know, they're both of them coming in off losses. Let's put those boys together. Those oh, two serious, serious I, I, prospects. There. I'd love to see that fight, but I wouldn't do it. I don't think Ian Lee can do that either. You need to build him. Oh, come fights. on, Ian. Give it to me. From one, from one Ian to another, I just, I don't know. Look, at it is two hot prospects coming through. Maybe that's a fight that's best left for, for a title eventually. If, uh, do you know what I'd love to see? Came. I'd love to see uh, King KF go 5-0 and or something like that at Cage Royals yeah. Dublin. Because Irish MMA, do you know, they, Irish MMA needs that. Irish MMA needs... Yeah a strong team KF because they didn't have the best of years last year you know and they still they still had a good year but like a lot of their their marquee names I suppose lost in that one fight maybe that would have been away from a title shot so I'd love to see them go 4-0 or 5-0 or something like that in, yeah, in you've got a bunch of talent coming through there obviously the two Shelley brothers you got Taka um, you know Omran was there he's going on and fighting for the UAE, uh, UAE Warriors title now coming up at the, in January mid-January for that so he's kind of taken a step away from Cage Warriors for now we've mentioned uh, uh, obviously, Leon there, Dom Norcus maybe might. I'd love to see him in the yellow gloves. I think he's one of the best prospects coming through. Like, I mean, I watched Dom Norcus's last fight. I said it on the Irish MMA review. I watched his last fight and saw what he did to, you know, a really decent opponent in, 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 in a fight card in Germany against a German opponent. I, had to, I walked 100 laps around my living room after I watched it. I was so hyped up because... He just has that something special about him. Um, but yeah, there's loads of attacker coming back on down to 135 again. You know, he took a couple of short notice fights up at Featherweight. He looked real good. Uh, he'll be coming back down to 135. Like I said, the two Shelley brothers. Another fight that I'd love to see happen that's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to put it out there because I want to see it happen. That's Jer Harris versus Lonnie Kavna. Let's have it. Let's have it. Oh, that's a tough, tough fight. Oh, That's a tough, tough fight. Mm. <laughs> I like all these fights, and I'm like, I don't do it. Hey, man, I, I don't know. I, I just, I love. I got into matchmaking mode. I wish I had more time to put more fights together. But um, you know, uh, we also have Paddy McCurry. Let's put him in there against the top middleweight prospect. Let's put him in there uh, against a guy that's going to with a win get him right on the on the line, either one fight or maybe if. You know, get him in early at this card. Have him fight again in the summer. You know, he wins those two fights. We have Paddy McCurry fighting at the end of the year for a middleweight title. Um, 
I mean, there could be a couple of surprises. I know you and Andy spoke about um, the hopes of maybe uh, uh, some reconciliation between SBG and Cage Warriors. That would open up a lot of doors as well. You know, you mentioned yourself, Lee Hammond coming in uh, and fighting there. I'd love to see that happen as well. I think it'd be fantastic. And look, there's loads of fighters that we can see. Obviously, anyone who's fought... On, on the last one, you know, Sinead Nunan who fought in, in London, get her a fight there, maybe 125, 115, whatever uh, as well. There's plenty and plenty of opportunities. And I, I know I'm probably forgetting someone, but bear with me. We, we, we'll talk a lot more about oh, that as well on the L triangles and, 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 and on these this platform. Do you so, know, here's one thing I want to say, in, and you've talked about this obviously a lot on the L triangle, but me personally, I don't think I've been as excited about a group of amateurs coming through an Irish MMA in in a long time but even like I'm just looking at our Irish amateur fighter of the year obviously we had a few of the uh, the nominations the first four right Conor McCarthy who won the award who uh, just looks fantastic Kieran Brady who won five and all last year I've watched a few of his fights that guy looks Fantastic. Tieran Lochran, brother Caelan Lochran. Like, I think we'll be seeing him in Cage Warriors next year. That's a prediction for me. And in Key Kyo as well, who I believe won our award last year. But there's so many more. It's like Max Lally. Like, he looks. Max Lally Max should Lally probably be the top of ridiculous. that, maybe. You know, Jake when, and Guy as well. Ryan Kyo. Jesus, there's some unbelievable. The talent that's coming through in, in, in both men's and women's mixed martial arts in Ireland right now is insane. Look, I have been watching the Irish scene. I was a part of the Irish scene, fighting in the Irish scene for, for a couple of years myself, way back in the day and to see the levels that you know we're we're seeing guys fighting at an amateur level now that we've seen guys at the end of their professional career and that's the evolution of the sport and that's the evolution of skills as well of course but like what gets us really excited is tuning in and watching your cage conflicts and watching your cage legacies and your or fighting championships and and seeing the level of talent that's coming through here and i tell you one thing for a small little country it's unbelievable and it's so exciting and you know we talk about transitional periods in in cage warriors you know irish mixed martial arts in some ways have went through a transitional period as well through you know the ups and downs of, of a difficult time with joe carvalho's death the rise of conor mcgregor which seemingly has inspired a, a tons and tons and tons of fighters to f- try and follow in his footsteps i tell you it's been exciting for irish mixed martial arts but it's going to get a hell of a lot more exciting and with cage warriors as well we're going to be in for a really really good 2024 and 2025 with all of these prospects and you know seeing the likes of everybody competing the Nathan Kellys and, and the Dylan Tukes and everybody over and John Mitchell's in PFL man what a fucking time for Irish mixed martial arts having multiple fighters fighting in multiple platforms we haven't even mentioned the likes of Sean O'Bannon and Caelan Lochran who are fighting in the UFC Danny McCormick is an Invicta champion I mean it's unbelievable now and I'm blessed to be able to come on here talk to you and talk to the boys every couple of weeks about it as well I fucking love it it's great it's brilliant just one or two names I I forget Phil mentioned Dale Sharon and Lewis Bourne Emer Darcy as well who had a great year as you know the the women's amateur scene has, has gone on and on as well it's 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 fantastic and you know as you mentioned like Liam McCourt could we find for a title very soon mm-hmm. Daniel McCormack like Sinead is always there thereabouts as you said Sean Abandon Sinead Nunoulan oh, it's, it's brilliant it's it's absolutely brilliant Um, and we're obviously going to talk a lot more about Irish MMA over the next while here Ian before we do the champions this I don't know maybe I sh- I'll say it Sean Strickland uh, it, it feels like right if we're talking about the topics that have happened over the last few weeks 
Sean Strickland's biggest and people are probably saying oh you didn't talk about Ian Gary we, we did a whole fucking podcast yeah. Ian Gary there a couple of weeks ago so we're going to leave that to one side although maybe we'll mention his thing Sean Strickland right is a very it's a very tough one to talk about because like, you hear Sean Strickland and he talks about his tough childhood and he starts crying and breaking down in the podcast and all that. You, It's very hard not to feel bad for him, right? It's very hard to not feel, feel bad for him. But it's also very hard to forget the disgusting rhetoric that he throws around constantly like just some of the stuff and i'm not i'm literally i'm literally not talking about dean gary stuff here although some of that was disgusting too but like some of the stuff he has said over the last while is rotten right and so you know it's it's a little bit like colby as well people oh he's playing a character he's just playing it up or whatever so we're supposed to say he's playing a character when he does that but he's real when he like breaks down and starts talking about the real things in life it's like well you can't have it both ways right you can like you you I I would love if Sean Strickland just started being a nice human being who was vulnerable and who well, broke down. I couldn't come out and do an interview like that at the start of his career yes. where, you know, people might be able to look at Sean Strickland's trauma is valid. It's legitimate. And, you know, you were going to listen to that interview that he did with Theo Vaughn and, you know, hearing him break down and, and look at, he was brought through a very, very difficult childhood, it seems. But, He's talking out both sides of his mouth here. You know what yeah, I mean? He is, yeah. You cannot you cannot act the way he's been acting and then come on the other side and play the victim. Look at what he's saying. And maybe some people will listen to that, listen to him and what he said and the fact that he broke down and let his guard down for a second. But I I struggle to have that empathy and, and that pity for it's him. It's because he's for victimized some of the other, other people. That's what he's yeah. doing. Like he is he, he, talking about victims. He's talking about people who have it hard themselves. And then he, at the other side of it, is like, "You can't say anything about me because I had it hard." It's like, no, no, no. Like if you if you want people to have empathy for you, to have sympathy for you, or whatever, try having a bit of empathy yourself, and try not to be mm-hmm. such a cunt about things. Like yeah. I, 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 it's very, very hard. Like. Uh, it's very hard to look at him, as I said, and not feel bad. But then it's also very hard to like say, oh, like, and I understand, right? There is a part of it as well that he's had a very tough life, so it's going to maybe make him like that, right? It, but he does also seem like it's not hidden below the surface. He does understand it. He does understand what has happened to him throughout his life. He does like um, feel it, right? So when you get to that stage, should wouldn't the real realization then be like I don't want other people to suffer in a similar way and now similar well anyway let's, let's put anyway and like some people have come out and said oh this is very different what he's saying to people than what happened to him and grant, absolutely no problem with that but at the same time why are you being so horrible to some people and this is not I'm not even talking about fight promotion or anything like that uh, you know talking to Drickers or talking to Ian Gary or talking to Adesanya or whoever it might be right but this is just normal everyday things words that he says all the time that uh, are just horrible it's no I, I don't I don't think and he deserves how is he going to act going forward is he going to go and act a fool and say all that crazy shit at the upcoming press conference for his next fight that'll be interesting to see I would imagine yes and then I imagine all of that you know him letting his guard down for a brief moment just all gets left by the wayside and by, he by undoes all, accounts, all of that work. By all accounts, he is a nice guy and a lot of this is an act. But what a, like, what a rotten act and especially coming from a guy who knows what those sort of things actually do and the effect they have on people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just... 
Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think I'll ever be a Sean Strickland guy, to be honest. I am not. I'm not. A, I'm not on board with his shit at all. But look, hopefully, he can get. Hopefully, he can get a bit of help, to be honest, and maybe he'll improve with with all of that. But look, we we'll, we will leave that to one side. Um, right, Ian, we leave it on this. Let's predict our champions in the UFC at this stage. What are we recording here? The 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 fifth sixth of of January twenty twenty three. 24 sorry what will that be 2025 so let's start women's 115 pounds Alexa Grasso is the champion now you know who will be the champion sorry no that's 125 115 is Zhang Weili Zhang Weili who will be the champion next year at 115 pounds Zhang Weili ooh I will go with um Where's Tatiana Suarez going to fight? Is she fighting a 115 or is she fighting a 125? She's fighting a 115, so she would be... I think I think we're going to see Zhang and, and Tatiana fight this year at some stage. I think Zhang Weili has an overall well-rounded ability to get past someone like Tatiana Suarez, but, you know, Tatiana Suarez wouldn't be a bad pick for her too, but my, I'll stick with my original pick and, and go with Zhang Weili. Be, I believe she's still at... Um, who did she defeat the last time? Um... Uh, she defeated Andrade, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's there you go. I'm going to go with Suarez. Uh, 125 pounds. Yeah. Alexa Grasso, the current champion. Who do you think will be the champion this time next year? Aaron Blanchfield. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, oh, that's an interesting one. I wonder what. She, I I think Shashinko will win the next fight. I wonder what Shashinko will do then. Like I could see her. Moving up moving and finding a 135, then we could see, yeah, Firo, Blanchfield, a few coming through. I'll go with, uh, do you know what, I'm going to go with Shevchenko. I'm going to go with Shevchenko. Uh, I think it might take uh, a, a while for it to uh, to happen. Um, right, and then £135, women, Ian. I, I'll go first. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with um, Mera Bona Silva. I, I, I like her. I think she's good. Um... I think she'll uh, she'll be Pennington, and I think she'll win the title. Ian, what do you think? Um, oh, it's a tough one because they're all so bad. Um, I think this could be like uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Juliana Pena. Might be an yeah. unpopular opinion. I think I think it might be. Right. I think oh, Pena. No it, way. She, That's not happening. You think not? You don't think no, so? No, she's useless. I yeah, think they're, no, all they're not all of them are great. Brenda Silva is decent enough as well. I mean, if Irina Aldana can come out and perform the way she performed uh, in her last fight, an absolute war, there's not going to be too many women that'll get it's past a good her. Fucking show. She, yeah, I think I, 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 I'm going to go Irina Aldana and change it up. Okay, I like that. I, I was thinking about changing. It. I'll, I'll stick with a. Uh, I'll, st- I'll stick with uh, Brenda Silva. Um, I feel like these are very unsexy fucking picks off far out of us, are they? Uh, flyweight in Pantoja. I don't know. Uh, this could be fucking anyone. So, do you know what? I'm going to throw it. I'm gonna, do you know what? Amir Al-Bazi. There's, there's my pick. Ian, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go... If th- and things really need to go right for this to happen, I'm going to go with Manuel Kep to be the champion. Yeah, he has championship experience before, obviously coming over as a rising champion. Has had weight issues, has had fights fall out. He fights Nateus Nicolau, 
Um, I think it's next week on the fight night card that sets up a top five. Oh, Albazi is a tough fight for him, dude. That's a good shout from you. I would go with uh, number 15 ranked Tatsuro Tiara, but I don't think he's going to fight his way up into title contention in 2024. But if you ask me who's the champion going to be at the end of 2026, I'd probably say Tatsuro Tiara. But for now, I'll go at Manuel Cap. I like that. Bandamweight, Sean O'Malley currently champion fighting, uh, fighting who's he? Chido Vera coming up here. Sterling I gone. think I think that Sean O'Malley is still going to be the champion at the end of the uh, at the end of 2024. I'm going to go with uh, Marab. I think uh, Marab's fighting Cejudo coming up. Um, I think he'll beat Cejudo. Then I think he'll be next in line. And I think he'll uh, destroy O'Malley, to be honest. So we'll go with that. Uh, Featherweight. Oh, Featherweight's an interesting one. Because I'm not 100% sure about this upcoming fight. I'm going to throw this one to you first, Dean, because I don't want to give my answer. Go on. Like this fight between Ilya Tapura and Alexander Volkanovsky, I mean, oh, I just cannot wait for it because it's going to be so, so high level. I think given the circumstances, I think Alex Volkanovsky has that hunger in him after losing to Islam. I think it's a bad time to be fighting him. And for that reason, I think he's going to win that fight. I think he's going to finish the year as 145 pound champion, having defended the belt twice he might vacate it and move up then maybe to lightweight um so i'm going to go with alex falconowski but it i think it's the winner of the winner of that fight is is likely going to be be the champion at the end of the year i think it's going to be alex oh i'm gonna go with oh here's a funny one right because let's say taporia wins who okay if taporia wins who do you think he'll fight next I mean, you can fight anybody because, like, it opens up the division, Shawnee. Because, like, Alex Volkanovski uh, has beaten everyone. So, like, the UFC kind of probably wants a guy like Ilya Tapura to win because you have you can put him in there against Max Holloway exactly. that year. You That's can put him in there against Arnold Ortega. You can put him in there with anybody. I, I think. See, I think he could fight Max next, and that's going to be a tough fight. Yeah, you know. But yeah. I, I, no, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Tapuria. Uh, I, I think he'll win the fight. Um, I think I think Ilya fights Max Holloway next year, no matter what. I agree. No matter yeah. what. I, yeah, I, that's a good point. Win or lose, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, one hundred and fifteen pounds. Hard to see a slam losing, isn't it? Uh, one hundred and fifty-five. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I think it would be Islam myself. That's pretty easy one for me. One hundred and seventy. Sir, can is coming up a little Ooh. bit now as well. Look good, but I think. I think Islam will probably fight someone like Gaethje and I think Ireland is going to have to do a little bit of work to get that rematch because I think Islam knows how good he is but I think it'll be Islam. Yeah. Um, 170 is an interesting one. I, I think Leon will probably beat Bilal um, and then I think it'll probably be Rachmanov towards the end of the year. <sighs> I, I, I'd, probably th- I'd probably go with Leon. Although I did say I think he'd be beaten this year but I, I don't think either dim lads will beat him. I think he could be beaten by, you know, although Bilal could, Bilal really could. Bilal um, is going to be, he's going to be a tough fight, but I think we yes. kind of got a glimmer of that fight and what it would look like. Did, and yeah. I think Leon gets past that. I'm really unsure if he gets past a guy like Shavkat Rachmanov. I think what we have to remember in that Shavkat Rachmanov fight is... Um, he was he had injured knee going into that fight. He came out and said it. It was the reason that he fought the way he fought. But I think his style and if he 
he may have to go out and fight a similar enough style against a guy like Leon and kind of grapple him against the fence and make it a grueling kind of a, a kind of a grappling contest for two or three rounds. What I have seen from Leon is that he does have a tendency to tire late in fights. And I think if Shavka can bring him into deep waters, he might be able to frustrate him with takedowns and, and, and whatnot. Although, like, I mean, we always seem to be doubting Leon Edwards as well. So, like, Leon is really good. I think I'll go with Leon. I'm after convincing myself one way and another way all in one. I think I'll go with Leon again. Uh, I'm going to backtrack on what I initially said, and I'm going to go with Bilal. So, I'm right. going to go with uh, Bilal. Um, where are we now? We're at 185. Strickland, the current champion. Fighting Duplessis You reckon Duplessis is going to win Do you think Duplessis will be the champion at the end of the year? I think that It all depends on what Israel Adesanya wants to do To be honest But I think that Trickus Is going to beat Sean Strickland Which similar enough that If Taporia beats Volkanovski Is going to open up a lot of fresh matchups And it kind of would be the same for Sean Strickland too I think Trickus, I don't know I felt something at that press conference, there's an air of confidence. The shit talk is not going to bother Drickus. And I think he go, he's going to get the job done against Sean Strickland and finish as champion in 2024. Um, I'm looking through middleweight there and I'm thinking like, could someone emerge? And the one person that I'm looking at is Shemayev. Uh, I think Shemayev fights any of them and beats any of them, so... Yeah, I'm gonna go with Shabayev, man. He came out and he said he's been sick again. The guy yeah. seems to be sick all the time. How much is that taken out of him? A lot of time. Um, I worry. I worry about his cardio and his conditioning for five round fights. We've not seen him. Uh, I don't believe we've seen him in a five round fight as of yet. So I think 2024 is the year where we do see him. Either they put him, you know, at the top of that uh, maybe that Saudi Arabia fight night card or something like that in a five round fight with somebody. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll stick with Drickus. Okay. Um, I thought, like, it's crazy how MMA works because I thought Drickus was fucking useless halfway through yeah. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes in and he True. fucking beats Robert Waker. And now I'm calling him the future champion. And he's going to re- re- uh, he's gonna kind of defend and retain that title throughout 2024. It's fucking mad. Yeah, it is. I'm going to go with Jamal Hill, a light heavyweight. Um, I. Although, although I don't know, maybe is he going to have the wrestling to beat Bahia? Maybe, maybe not. I just think he is. Yeah. I'm going to go with Jamal Hill anyway. I predicted him once. I, I want to look like a genius twice. What do you think? I think it's going to be Alex Bahia all day. I think he's con- he's still improving and involving, and. I was massively impressed of uh, how he did with someone like Yuri Pihachka. I think his biggest threat in that division is by form of uh, Magomed Ankalaev, but Ankalaev himself has to get past Johnny Walker. That's not going to be an easy task, but I think Magomed Ankalaev does have the ability to cut, to kind of get Bahia down and, and kind of frustrate him with his grappling. But like I said, you're working, you're Palix Bahia, you're working hard with Clover Texera every single day on your grappling. So that's a, a real good lad to be working with if you want to improve your grappling too. And I mean, Alex Bahia doesn't need to get too technical. I mean, I'm getting into a full breakdown here. I don't mean to, but like, I mean, all you ha- Alex Bahia has to do is keep the fight on the feet. So you're, you're going back to the old school, the pit, you know, that's where Clover, that's where Chuck, everyone, John Ackerman, Chuck Liddell, he kept guys, on the feet, counter-wrestled, kept it standing, and knocked guys out. And that's what Alex Bahia needs to do as well. Sprawl and brawl, baby. Uh, heavyweight. Yes. 
I'm going to go with John Jones heavyweight. I think he'll still be there. This time yeah, Johnny sure. Bones Jones as well. Johnny right. Bones Jones. Who do you think will be the pound for pound number one at the end of the year? Stupid list. Really so who, who is it right now? It is, is Islam right? is number one. John Jones is number two. Mm. Alex is number three. Alex uh, uh, Yeah, I, I think Volkanovski will be down away from there. Uh, I, these things don't seem to change that often, do they? Um, well, it's more of a marketing tool than anything is, else. Yeah. Is who the UFC wants to kind of go in there? If Islam is there now, right, and Islam doesn't lose a fight, it's hard to kind of oust him. If John Jones comes back and meets Stipe, it might put him. I, at, I think uh, it'll be Jones, yeah, because if he beats Stipe, yeah. you know, the greatest heavyweight of all time. I'll say it again: like that Ganya fight didn't actually show us that much. To be honest, like Jones no. could be a bust right now. We just don't know. I would say he yeah. isn't right. I still think he's probably the best in the world, but. Um, yeah, very it's mad much. to think Alex Behea, right? And his short, short mixed martial arts career is number five ranked pound for pound fighter in the world, right? And now. also, like, it's he's, insane. Like, he, he's so beatable as well. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's, it's like, it's so strange. Uh, it's like, it's like his story shouldn't happen. It, it shouldn't have happened, but it has happened. And you can't do nothing else but admire it at the end of the day, you know? 100%. The guy coming off the couch, couch and just winning titles and beating former champions and. Fuck me, it's unreal, man. He's one of my favorite fighters yeah. right now. He's I, 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 I had after his last win, I had like an epiphany. I was like, Jesus, this lad is just something special, like and uh, it's special, he's brilliant. Like, yeah, and he and he did the same in in obviously completely different combat sport and kickboxing as well. But he's just that belief he has in himself. And look at the hard work and 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 taking challenges as well, and not being afraid to take challenges. I'm telling you, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm saying about Aspinall as well. That's how you yeah. become a star. That's how you become someone like Pereira now. I'm telling you. Right, here's the recap. Uh, I'll go with mine first. I'm going with Suarez, Shevchenko, Buena Silva, Albazi, Mirab, Tapuria, Islam, Belal, Shamayev, Hill, Jones. How many change champions that? One, two, Jesus. three, <laughs> four, <laughs> five, six, <laughs> seven, eight change champions. <laughs> the only one that there was, was, there was nine last year or something like that, wasn't it? Was there? Jesus. There was so a the shit ones, done last year, I think. I don't know. I'm throwing numbers out there. This but. is the only ones I have retaining are Islam Makashev. And John Jones, they're the only ones I have retaining. And you have been uh, Zhang Weili, Aaron Banchfield, Aldana, Cape, O'Malley, Volkanovski, Islam, Leon, Drikis, Pereira, and Jones. So you did almost the exact opposite of me. You did most of them uh, retaining there. So Retaining, yeah. Because I think, See, do you have like... Do we have another year where loads of titles are tra- changing hands? I don't, I'm not too sure, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, so it's, I'm looking forward to the year ahead in the UFC. I, I hope a couple of the divisions get moving a little bit better than what yes. they were in 2023, but uh, you know, that's a conversation for another day, maybe. It is indeed. All right, everyone, we will leave it there. Thank you very much for tuning in. Happy New Year. Patreon.com forward slash Severe May Podcast. Check out the old triangle over on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere like that. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to this. Follow Ian O'Neill. Follow Severe May. Follow Sean Sheehan. Follow Severe May Pod. Follow the old triangle everywhere. Subscribe. God bless. We'll see you all next time. Good luck.